Channel 253. In this episode of Crossing Division. It just seemed very odd to be incentivizing people to eat indoors at restaurants right now. Um, yeah. Even before our case numbers were so much higher, it's still everyone, public health-wise, seems to agree that dine-in is higher risk than takeout. Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com slash membership to join. Thank you. Hi, this is Evelyn Lopez. Today on Crossing Division, we're going to talk about a program that the county is... is, um, pushing right now. It's also developed by the Economic Development Board. It is called Restaurant Rally. And as you might suspect, it has to do with restaurants and has to do with getting people back into them and helping restaurants that have been sort of um, under the gun economically because of our COVID-19 crisis. So with me today, I have Marty Campbell, who is a Pierce County Councilman and also Madeline Sanders. And Maddie, I really don't know very much about you, but I've seen you on Twitter and I know you were really following this. And so I asked you to be on this show. Um, So um, Marty, why don't you start um, by telling us just a little bit about what your involvement has been with this program. And then I'm gonna ask Maddie how she got interested in it too. All right, well, thank you. And thank you, uh, Evelyn and Channel 253 for having us on to talk about this, Uh, always important. so the restaurant rally program, it's a, uh, it's, it's a little sub program of the cares act funding that the Pierce County got. And so, uh, about $160 million that we got in CARES Act funding to help across a, a wide variety of public health, human services, economic development, governmental services. Um, and so as part of the economic development is, you know, how do we, uh, keep the economy moving? And we've had a series of uh, uh, steps that uh, we've actually launched to try to help support small businesses as they've really been hit hard during this whole uh, pandemic time. And one of the areas that's been hit extremely hard has been our restaurants. Uh, we, we know that, you know, for a while there, they were they were closed. They were operating under all new rules. Their occupancy levels have been um, reduced uh, at the state level. Uh, and I would add wisely so. Um, and... Uh, Councilmember Morrell, uh, who actually, this was kind of his genesis idea that he came with, you know, he pointed out that when they looked at our rental assistance program, that a large majority of them work in the hospitality industry, be it either uh, uh, hotels or restaurants, um, because there were a a lot of layoffs there. And these were a lot of our, uh, you know, the frontline workers, many of them had been laid off. And so they're applying for rent. And wanted to, to find a way to get, you know, a little more help into the restaurant industry. And when you think about restaurants, we, they, they're a big piece that add character to a neighborhood. When you when you think of any district around uh, any business district, you, you nowadays it's really the restaurants that kind of drive that. And so it piqued my interest because as a longtime entrepreneur myself and uh, business owner in Tacoma and, you know, been partners with lots of restaurants for years and been talking to with them through this whole process, you know, they have been hit hard and they're trying really hard to uh, stay engaged, keep their employees. You know, it, it's been great when I talk to many of the, the business owners uh, like Russ Heaton at, at Doyle's and you know, his first thing is I want to keep my doors open so I can keep my employees working. Well, we'll mm-hmm. get back. We'll all get back together and we can get back to watching soccer games. But mostly I've got this family that I've created working here and I want to, I want to keep them working. Um, so that's a little bit about, uh, how we got there. The program is, um, it's a 30%, uh, what we're doing is subsidizing restaurants. They have to offer a 30% discount to patrons um, on on their menu. Uh, Food excludes alcohol, um, but the uh, 30%, and then we reimburse them um, at 50%. And this is what helps build the cash flow. for. Yeah, so they may actually make a little bit more money than they would have otherwise if they're offering a 30% discount and you're reimbursing them at a 50%, right? Right. And, and, and that math is um, actually very generous for the restaurants. Um, uh, The, uh, so if it was a hundred dollar bill, the patron would be charged 70. So they collect 70 and then we'd reimburse them $50. So it'll be above and beyond. And so the money, uh, uh, they, they, they get the $120. uh, uh, Go ahead. I was going to say, 
let me stop you there and let me ask Maddie. Uh, Maddie, how did you get interested in this issue and where did that start? Uh, well, I'd heard a few weeks ago that it was sort of in the works and I was like, oh, this is super cool. Um, and then the the final plan came out and I read it and I was like, oh, this is really cool. But wait, it's just dine-in? That seems so weird. Like, And then I kept talking to other people about it and they were like, that's so weird. Like, It just seemed very odd to be mm-hmm. incentivizing people to eat indoors at restaurants right now. Um, mm-hmm. Even before our case numbers were so much higher, it's still everyone public health wise seems to agree that dine-in is higher risk than takeout. So, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't seem, it didn't seem fair to me to the restaurants that are so small, they can't do dine-in right now. And Mm -hmm. at least in Tacoma, that's like a, a, there are a decent number of those restaurants, like restaurants early, like that can't, aren't able to serve people indoors at all. So they're only doing takeout and delivery. And it's, so it didn't seem fair to exclude the restaurants that were the hardest hit by, by the pandemic. So. And did you bring some of your concerns to the um, Pierce County Council? I know they were having some public meetings and some work sessions about this. Yeah, I uh, called and left messages um, with Marty's office, I think, and um, Derek Young's office, and then filled out the like email contact form for Connie Ladenberg's office because uh, her voicemail box was full. So I filled out the email thing. Um, and then I made, I did the like public comment at the county council meeting uh, last week to explain what my concerns were about the, on the public health side and also on the fairness side. Um, And then mostly just tried to make as much noise as I could on social media. Uh, Because it seemed like the kind of thing that it felt like if I just explained it to enough people, then that would help. Um, And I don't, I don't know how much impact that actually had because it sounds like in the end, the, the decision to change it came from the health department. Um, well, let's is that right? Let's well, yeah, actually, I mean, so Marty- I, your, your comments were spot on and your, your concerns were spot on. There were things that were discussed in the, in the creation and, and you really helped bring that voice that, uh, um, you know, made it easier that when we're discussing the health departments, like, no, there, there's clearly, uh, the, the public's concerned. We need to make sure that we're not just doing what the health department says, but that we're meeting the public's need. And so uh, you actually did a great job of articulating what I think um, some things I know I raised when we first created it um, that others uh, had since raised. So your your voice was very critical. I mean, being able to point to others and say, look, there, there's, there's a real issue here. And if we can answer these, then I think we're a lot better program. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, part of the problem with the CARES Act funding is this was Normally, we would take about six months to put together a program like this, and we did it in about three weeks. Um, And so we didn't quite have the time. Part of the CARES Act funding that we have is it needs to be spent by the end of the year. And so initially, I was like, hey, could we give them funding now, and then we do it in the spring? Could we do something like that? And it's like, no, it needs to be dispersed by the end of the year. And when we initially looked at it, we were looking at occupancy numbers. Like if you had 20 chairs, you'd get, you'd get you know, $200 a chair, or if you had 40 chairs or 100. Um, but then part of that discussion, do you include banquet space? Do you include outdoor seating? What about expanded outdoor seating? What what counts as occupancy? And then at some point, I wasn't in on the conversation, they shifted it over to the Nixus code, or um, which is said, okay, anyone who's a full service restaurant. Mm-hmm. And Let me- go, go ahead. I was going to say, let me ask you some questions about the program. So I'm reading the short description here that's up on the Pierce County um, website. It says um, the Pierce County Restaurant Rally Program is designed to encourage patronage at full service restaurants and keep local restaurants in business. During the promotional period, November 8 through 19, 2020, excluding Friday and Saturday, participating restaurants will offer a 30% discount to dine-in or takeout patrons with compensation of 50% of gross sales. Please note, the offer is not available nor applicable through third-party delivery services. So if you normally use um, DoorDash or Uber Eats or something like that, that, that type of purchase would not be subject to the discount or the reimbursement. Um, but what are, the, what are the things, Marty, that you heard from people and I, about this? And I'll start by saying one of my thoughts on this is um, 
does is it going to get the money to the restaurants that are most at risk of closing down? And that would be, I think, probably the smaller locally owned ones. You know, it seems like to a certain extent, and I'm not sure how you design around this, but this kind of rewards the popular places. The places that already have the best business are probably going to be able to get the maximum reimbursement. And I'm not sure that it is as helpful to the places that are um, struggling, the smaller businesses. Um, but what, what do you think about that? Uh, one of the things that we have in this, and and that has been my concern through as you know, longtime small business owner, I would, um, have, I, I really, you know, the small ones are are important. The uh, there's a floor on it, which is you you'll get the 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 minimum reimbursement you'll get is five thousand dollars. So even if your uh, gross sales for 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 the time period were less than the the $10,000 that would get you the 5,000, you only get 8,000, you'd still get 5,000. So it's designed for even the, 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 the micro restaurants to make sure that they get um, and could be dis- disproportionately more than the 50%. Uh, we'll make sure that you get that because we didn't want the, you know, we wanted to, to be able to help them and understand that they have uh, uh, some important needs from that end. So, mm-hmm. and, and I, I was, so glad when we moved it to include the full service. We, when we initially created this, we actually had a stop point. October 30th was, we we're going to check with the health department, say, are we still go? Is everything good? Do you have any concerns? And at the time when we created that about six weeks ago, the caseload was kind of low, but I was seeing it start to creep. So I was like, really, we need a check-in point on this. Then the numbers started to go up. And so October 22nd, we actually went and met with the health departments like, what do you think? You know, restaurants have very clear guidance from the state on how to safely operate. But locally, as a health department, what's your recommendation? They said, expand it to takeout. And without even, uh, you know, thinking about it, we, we went ahead and moved it and expanded it to include takeout because, uh, and we should have from the beginning. We really should have. Um, and I think we were just trying to put something together and get it on the board, knowing that we would have a few weeks to, to, to work with it. But, uh, you know, our restaurants work really hard to meet state law or the state recommendations of health and safety within their places. So they have clear guidance on that. And restaurants, by and large, day in and day out, they're under the health department's uh, guidance anyways. Uh, some of the safest, cleanest workspaces there are. Um, but you're still bringing people in. You're still, you know, passing each other. You you, you still are creating a public space. And so uh, understand the the concern there, I'm glad we've expanded it to take out. Um, you know, and I got a, a few friends calling me up like, what are you doing? This this doesn't make sense. It's like, we're working on it. So, uh, and again, thanks to, you know, Maddie really put a, a, a strong voice to a lot of the casual conversations we were having, uh, put a very professional and forward voice on it. So, mm-hmm. uh, so thanks. Maddie- That's very nice of you to say, actually. Yeah. It's hard to know how effective that kind of thing is, especially mm-hmm. when it's mostly on social media. So. Right. So, Maddie, do you think with the way that it's been changed now, does that kind of um, satisfy your concerns or do you still have some questions and concerns about this program? Um, Well, certainly one of my biggest sort of points of curiosity is you said that you checked in with the health department on October 22nd, but were they involved in like the earlier planning process or was that the first time that they were brought in on it? Like, how did that work? I think they were involved so that the initial uh, Council Member Morrell put the initial working group together in economic development, and that included uh, uh, several restaurant owners uh, from across Tacoma, from across the county, um, the Washington State Hospitality Association. Uh, and so I think the health department was in on that conversation, but I'm not 100% sure. But at the most part, at that point, they would have been kind of uh, from their perspective of that they inspect all the kitchens and that they would be providing some guidance. But at that time, um, and they would, of course, been privy to the process. Didn't raise a red flag at, at that time, um, but uh, you know we were clear to consult with them pretty quickly, and we knew we were going to go through them before we full on gave the green light to this. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I mean, I think that sort of one of my concerns going forwards would be that it, at least on the public end, it didn't feel like there was a lot of health department involvement. Like if you look at the like the documents that were submitted with the initial, the 
original ordinance, they're all like economic documents and like restaurant industry documents. And there's no like, here's a public health conclusion. And then now we've got looking at like the state COVID task force and stuff, what they're talking about is that the primary thing driving transmission is like small group gatherings. And it's, it's hard to argue, I think, that it's safer to be in a restaurant with like six people four feet apart, not wearing masks than it is to be in a house with six people four feet apart, not wearing masks. Like I, so it's, and, and I understand the point about uh, the health department and how restaurants devote an enormous amount of time and energy to cleaning. And that's totally true, but it's looking like surface transmission is not a major factor with COVID. So it's at the end of the day, if you still have all these people in a room without masks on, like, I think that's sort of the, that's the problem more than whether or not the tables have been sanitized every half an hour or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I guess mostly I'm thinking that if, if there are future programs like this, I think it would be helpful to have more public involvement from public health experts. Uh, Because I I went back and looked and tried to find if there had been anything and I couldn't find anything. And it would have been nice to have some kind of like, and here's what the health department thinks of this um, in a, on, in a publicly visible place. Mm -hmm. Fair point. Very, very, very fair point. Yeah. It's been, you know, part of this cares act has been really, uh, building a plane while you're flying it and oh yeah uh, totally I, so we, we you your your point is spot on and and we'll continue to work on that we've we've engaged you know extensively with health department on so many of our programs um and, and this one we probably could have done a little better job up front but i knew i knew we did have check-in with them for sure and that they would have to give final yeah. blessing before it moved forward um yeah, yeah i liked it was interesting to watch the um how the proposal changed from the October 5th study section session to the October 6th meeting. It was like, those were like, you know, 24 hours apart or whatever. And then I watched both of them and it was like, wow, it's like a huge change. So I, I see what you mean about the building the plane in midair that was like going really quickly. So, yeah, and I think that that's great in general. So. And, and, I, and I think you're some of my criticisms and concerns at that time. And I, mm-hmm. I continue to be skeptical, but supportive um, because, you know, I, the, these restaurants, you know, they're, they're, we, we needed uh, a mechanism to help them. That was, uh, and and I thought it was a unique, innovative way. And I'm, I, you know, I'm hopeful that it all goes off very well and uh, that it works well for the restaurants and works well for the patrons and it's pulled off safely. Yeah, I mean, I think conceptually, like I said, it, the whole thing seems like a great idea to me because it gives people like buy-in and the ability to, individuals are able to be like, yes, this is who should be getting the money. And so that's where I'm going to go. Um, and so conceptually, like, I really like the idea. And obviously supporting restaurants is super important. Like like you said, they're getting hit so hard. And mm-hmm. so I think anything we can do to help is good. But I just wanted to have more, uh, m- more fairness and more sort of public health concern. Yeah, I think one of the things that will be interesting to see if we see another stimulus package, which I assume at some point we will, um, you know, with, if more money comes, there might be more opportunities to do uh, to do work with this. I mean, one of the things I am still um, concerned about is is this. I mean, one um, is the is the budget going to be gobbled up by um, businesses that I would consider to be lower risk of having a severe financial um, situation, such as like chain restaurants like an Applebee's or, or something like that. Now they may actually be in just as precarious position, but it doesn't feel the same as a Doyle's that is a small business locally owned, you know, where all of the money that is spent there is going to be recirculated within our community instead of going out to some, you know, corporate um, franchising um, entity. So that's uh, sort of, you know, I would like to see the money, with an emphasis on local small businesses. And I'm not sure if that will happen the way this is set up, but I'm also not sure that I have a great idea of how it could better happen. Um, And then uh, my second um, concern is just kind of what we've been talking about, that even with the changes to it, um, are we going to regret that at this moment, we are basically encouraging people to do more dining out, even if it's takeout dining, and is that the wisest thing to do? But I, I don't know 
there's there's no real reason why we shouldn't be able to do that safely. I just sort of question whether we are able to do that safely because we don't seem to be doing a very good job of it. You know, people are not keeping social distance. They're, you know, wearing masks when they have to, but somewhat grudgingly. And I know we had a thing in the TNT recently about that um, American bar that's right behind uh, the city hall that's had, had some complaints with the health department because they're, uh, people are playing pool and gathering in there and gathering in close proximity with large groups and things like that. And I, I think that's just, you know, humans being human, not being able to resist that temptation. Um, but thoughts, Marty, on, you know, is this going to be gobbled up by um, outside entities that may have a, um, a franchise in Pierce County? Or is there any way to control for that? Uh, I share some of the same concerns. Um, mm-hmm. If there was a way for, for me to um, legally kind of right. set them aside or hold them at a, at a different uh, category, I, I would. For me, I, I definitely want the smaller businesses. I personally made phone calls to several this week and said, you know, hey, Vian Dong, are you signed up for this? Are you signed up for it? So right. called called several small restaurants and said, you know, hey, make sure you're, you're getting in on this. This is great. And I know I got about four or five that uh, just making sure they were aware of it. We're going to have some chain restaurants that apply. I mean, it's going to happen, um, and hopefully, it'll help their employees too. You know, there mm-hmm. there 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 are a lot of uh, employees uh, in those in those places. But ideally, I want it to go to our our smaller businesses. When you look at much of our other economic development uh, that we've put into place, um, other programs that we've put for economic development, they've really focused on the smaller businesses, twenty employees or less, or um, you know, really the, the, the smaller revenues. And so I think uh, uh, it, it's, yeah, they'll, they'll get some of it. I hope they don't get the bulk of it. Um, and I hope we really see the locally owned businesses. You know, ultimately the consumer controls where that dollar goes. The consumer is the one that, that chooses where to spend their, their portion of it. And then the match comes based upon the consumer spending. So uh, we all control whether or not um, Doyle's and whether or not uh, uh, Top Tacoma or any of our local uh, favorite places uh, uh, get that. So, and I know with the, you know, I'm glad we switched to takeout. I think with dining in, uh, I don't know that I've actually dined in at a restaurant since the, since this started. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not that I don't think they say if I've done takeout from, from a few. And so I thought during this, you know, out of support, find a way to, to get out there. Um, I probably would have gone one, maybe twice, once a week each. Yeah. Now I'll probably order takeout three or four times just because I know this mm-hmm. is going to go back and again, spending my dollars to support uh, those who I want to support. So it actually uh, gives us a, a lot more opportunity to um, uh, take advantage of, of choosing who we support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'll say um, we, we have gone into restaurants, done dine-in um, three times since August. We hadn't since March before that we'd done uh, takeout from there's a place near where we live called Superfo that is really a good little restaurant and we've t- done takeout from them pretty regularly and then Salamone's Pizza and a couple of other places. Um, and we went for our anniversary in August, we went to um, El Gaucho and it was, it was okay. You know, it, we, it was a little anxiety producing, but um, everyone had masks on. There was a lot of distance between the tables and, you know, hand sanitizer on the tables. And I felt that they were being so careful to keep people distant from each other, you know, and, and my husband and I didn't get up and go to the bathroom or anything. So we were pretty much at the table until we left. Um, and it was fine. And then we've gone twice to Anthony's also um, to get um, some fish dinner. And that's, and that's actually because of kind of um, pandemic fatigue of sort of feeling like, like, well, maybe we should give it a try because we're so tired of not eating at restaurants and we miss it. And each time again, it was fine. You know, it's a very trimmed down menu, trimmed down experience. But I got to tell you, each time we do it, I'm aware that we're taking a risk. And I do then count the days of sort of like, you know, okay, now restart the count for 14 days to see how we feel. And I think that's just going to continue until we get a vaccine. But And we have talked a lot about where are the places that we think we're going to feel safe and where are the places that we think might be more difficult. And it really comes down not to the restaurant, 
because restaurants do generally have a pretty high quality of um, cleanliness and care. But really, what kind of patrons are they attracting? You know, I'm, I'm less likely to go to a sports bar because people get excited and they're drinking and they're yelling in support of their teams. And I just don't think that that is necessarily a, that's not what I would consider as, as safe of an environment. So I don't know what to say about people dining in. I mean, I, I, some people have been dining in quite frequently. We have done it a couple of times and every time I kind of worry that we may be doing something incredibly stupid. I, I think one of the initial uh, studies I, I saw was uh, the, the people sitting at tables are, are, are lower risk. Uh, I won't remove the word risk, but lower risk mm-hmm. where they were really seeing it were like Friday and Saturday nights at, at 1 a.m. after everyone's been drinking and they're mingling. Yeah. That's when you were seeing all the mingling, you know, and that's why you saw for a long time, every place had to close by 10 p.m. So mm-hmm. you weren't having that midnight mingling uh, nightclub feel. Now that's been extended to 11 by the state. So the going in and eating and leaving wasn't the risk part. It was more as the bars transitioned into uh, like the one that you mentioned earlier, where they became a social event. Um, then that's where uh, we were seeing the most risk out of bars or restaurants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break here. And we'll come back and talk a little bit more about this program and also maybe what other ideas the county is looking at for spending that CARES Act money. Hello, I'm Eric Hanberg, host of the Channel 253 podcast, We Art Tacoma. This episode of Channel 253 is sponsored by TAPCO, Pierce County's original credit union. You might already know that credit unions are not-for-profit financial cooperatives with a focus on enriching their members instead of big bank shareholders. TAPCO is committed to serving Tacoma and Pierce County, just like Channel 253. That means when you put your money there, you put it back into our community. Think about it. You go to the night market, you go to the Grand, and you shop at local stores. So why not keep your money local too? TAPCO offers the products and services you need home loans, auto loans, checking and savings, online and mobile banking, all with lower fees and better rates than big banks. Plus, TAPCO donates to local causes and supports our community in other ways, so you can feel good about helping your neighbors. To learn more about our local choice for all of your banking needs, visit tapcocu.org. My thanks to TAPCO for their support of this podcast and Channel 253. Well, hi, we're back. Before we get back to talking about restaurant rally and other um, things that might be generating some CARES Act cash in our area, let me just say, if you are not yet a member of Channel 253, we hope that you will consider becoming a member and joining us. It is very low cost, $4 a month or $40 a year. We offer podcasts on a variety of different um, topics all sort of focused around the Tacoma and Pierce County area. We figure that we are a voice for uh, local people who want to talk about local issues. Um, And there are some things that you will only get if you are a Channel 253 member, such as uh, Doug's very interesting podcast called Off the Record, where you get to have insider information about podcast hosts and other things. So please do consider joining us. Okay, let's get back to more CARES Act and more restaurant issues. So we have this program. It's going to run for, I think it's basically eight days in the middle of November. Um, People are encouraged to patronize restaurants, both the dine-in and the takeout variety of restaurants that are participating. They will receive a significant reduction in their food bill, uh, 30%. And then the restaurant will receive a significant um, reimbursement of 50%. So it is a really good deal. Um, Marty, what other things is the county looking at to try to get the CARES Act money out to businesses that need it? Uh, That's a great question. And uh, so, again, we got about $168 million part of CARES Act. Uh, we thought this would be phase one, but, you know, Congress has managed to, to lock up any additional funding. But um, we actually are spending it across four categories. Public health emergency response, economic stabilization and recovery programs, community response and resilience, 
and essential government services. Uh, just rough dollars, about $65 million is going to public health emergency response, as it should, the, the bulk of it. Uh, we've got about uh, $40 million for economic stabilization and about $35 million for community response and resilience, and then another uh, $10 million for essential government services. And early on when this started, we did a uh, community uh, citizen advisory group that said these are the approximate percentages on how you should spend this. And from there, we, we've been working on it. We meet every week to see uh, how, how we're uh, spending, it, spending it down. So when we look at what are we doing uh, specifically with economic development, and you can go on the Pierce County's uh, economic, you know, just Pierce County's uh, website, economic development, it'll give you these programs, or you can go on our human services and it'll tell you uh, with the rental relief program and those that we have. So those are your two main portals for, for that. Uh, for economic development, so initially what we did to help out businesses is we started a uh, what was going to be a no interest loan. And then as the pandemic calls in it, okay, this is going to be bigger than, than we thought, longer. We turned that to a forgivable loan. And so it's a small business relief loan uh, with loan forgiveness. Uh, loan, you apply for a loan of, uh, it's between 5000 and 20000 It's based upon your full-time uh, equivalent employees uh, for businesses under 20 employees. So it's, uh, it's about 1000 per FTE. So if you have 15 employees, you'll get about $15,000 in a forgivable loan. And these can be matched with federal programs, city programs, you know, that none of these exclude you from applying across other sectors. Uh, the uh, next program that we rolled out after that uh, was to offset COVID-19 uh, safety related business expenses. So if you're a restaurant, you put in plexiglass between your tables and you built outdoor seating to spread people out, uh, you can apply for a grant to be reimbursed up to 50% of the expenses. So whatever, or if you were a dentist's office, this applied to all businesses. If you had to make changes in your business of significant capital investment, you could uh, get up to, I think it was up to $20,000, you know, half of that cost because we wanted people to be making these safety investments. Uh, one thing that Pierce County did is free PPE for uh, protect employees and customers. Um, somehow our department of emergency management was able to get hold of about 2 million pieces of masks and gloves and uh, thermometers early on while other people, we, we were able to get them for our county, get them coming in line. And we gave out to, uh, um, I want to say it's about 6,000 businesses. Um, just, uh, they come up, here's two boxes of gloves, two boxes of masks, and, and a thermal thermometer, making sure that businesses all across the county, if you were a nail salon, a restaurant, uh, you know, an accounting firm, it didn't matter. We were getting the PPE out into the places where, where people uh, interact. And um, from what I understand, it's one of the most aggressive and successful in the nation, actually, when it comes across yeah. that. My office actually got masks through that program. It was really well done. Like it was really easy to sign up for. And then it was just like, okay, you go and they put the things in the back of your car. And I thought it was very well done actually. Yeah. So. Thank you. Yeah. I attended some, one was out at Cheney stadium. You drive up, you wouldn't even, it was contactless. You, you told them where you're from. We checked you off. They popped the trunk. We'd set it in the trunk or set it in the back seat. So it mm -hmm. uh, 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 was great. Uh, then we also did a program to because we realized that this really carried on and I really thought about the phase three and four at the time when I put this together bowling alleys weren't allowed in but yet they'd been forced to shut and they still have to make rent payments so we came up with a commercial rent and mortgage assistant program being able to pay three months rent because at that time we we're August I was like look if we can pay the next three months now they're one month from getting through to the end of the year hopefully by then we can get guidance for them to open up and since then we've seen bully out bowling alleys open and we've expanded this to include uh, most businesses uh, that were impacted either phase two and a half, three or four. If you were forced to shut down, we'll help you uh, pay your rent because, you know, it's uh, one thing to get sales, but, you know, portion of that goes this way. And so sometimes if we can just take that rent off the table for a few months, then that works great on the commercial side. We also have rental and mortgage relief for individuals on the human services side. Um, so I think that that right now are the main uh, program. So it, it's been just this kind of 
We roll out a program, we listen, what are some of the gaps, what are ways that we can maximize this, and then we roll out another program, another program. Um, and, and all this, um, you know, we, we've got to, again, find a way to expend it by the end of the year. Uh, one thing that's in that HEROES Act plan that the Senate won't take up is it would actually extend us until March, but so far mm-hmm. we haven't seen that. So anything that's not spent would go back to D.C., which is which is um, fine, but we'd rather um, see it help a small business or help someone who really needs it here in our community. Do you have a, do you have, I assume someone's tracking pretty closely the spending so that you get, you know, weekly sort of estimates of how much we've spent, how much we still have to spend. Are you, are you getting that kind of data? Because I would say personally, as you know, from my background, if you have not, if you've got a significant amount unspent, make some projections for the restaurant program. And then if you're going to have like a hundred thousand dollars by the end of November, buy equipment. I mean, buy, buy more PPE, buy whatever you can stockpile it so you can give it out in the future. I mean, don't leave a dime on the table. Well, that's our plan. And, and my fear isn't that we're going to have a hundred thousand dollars. We may have a couple million dollars. I mean, it's, it's hard to spend $160 million. I I know that seems, but to to create a fair, equitable way, uh, yeah, it's difficult it because it's yeah. it's one time money. So right. so you can't like you know um, you can't hire people, right? You know, unless you're going to lay them off again. So it's it's buying stuff, and and stuff is never the most expensive thing that government does. I mean, it. We, it, we just allocated two million dollars for uh, vaccine preparation, and most of that has been done. We've been told that any vaccines we're looking at are going to actually need to be super cooled, so frozen at like below mm-hmm. zero. And so we've bought a whole bunch of freezers uh, that we're going to station across the county that can hold the vaccine at the right temperature. Um, so we are making investments that good, hopefully can good. come forward like that. I wonder if you could reimburse some of the medical providers for any overtime that they've had to pay staff or something. Thinking about something that, that would be, but yeah, we're we're um, and we've just realigned the way we're doing our meetings now in that we now are having two council meetings a week. So we'll have our general business and on every Thursday, we have a special council meeting for reallocating CARES Act funding because we know that we may need to, we need to have two chances a week to reallocate this because it's going to start, okay, this program didn't get up and going. This program didn't work. Let's move that. Let's move this. Um, You do talk about hiring people. Councilmember Young had a great program that we put in place. Um, It's only about a half million dollars, but it's a youth recovery uh, core. And it's actually specifically hiring young adults 18 to 24, uh, up to 20 hours a week, uh, reimbursing businesses to hire these young people because right now it's hard for them to get job experience. And through this, we hope to get a whole lot of youth, that job experience, you know, and meanwhile, you're helping the business by helping subsidize uh, some uh, employees in there and then getting them the job experience so that on the back end of this, uh, when they have to they, they have something to put on their resume or maybe the company says, hey, we'll hire you full time because you turned out really good. It allows them to take a chance with a lot of people. So mm-hmm. we, we, we have a whole uh, a whole host of programs that are coming down. Is there anything yeah. in the works well, Maddie, for the like limited yeah, service restaurants? So like, uh, the, the limited service restaurants right now um, are not. I'd like to see us come back and take a look at that. Um, Limited service restaurants, and this is where that one got a little bit sticky. That includes the the fast food restaurants are considered limited service. Um, yeah, I know that's where it would get complicated. Is how do right. you how do you help like Spanky Burger and Shake 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 without helping McDonald's? Right, but. and um, the in my mind, it would be the drive through. If you have a drive through, chances are your sales remain, so therefore you're ineligible. Um, mm-hmm. We discussed that, but since we were already expanding it to takeout. Um, and we, we allocated $7 million for this um, out of this. So it's a significant portion, but now we've got to kind of see how much of that we're going to use because we kind of figured the $7 million when we're looking at dine-in. And so we may actually have to come back and backfill that one a little bit, which would be, which would be good because that's, you know, and I, I talk about, um, you look at what the restaurant, some people say, well, why don't you just give them the $10,000? Well, that, yeah. might, that might help them pay a rent that month that might they they might give it as bonuses to their employees they might be generous and then it's done this way 
you get the 70% from the customer, the 50% ad, and that's all used a lot to both either pay the employee or to buy the food. So now we're helping the, the food suppliers and the farmers and, and so, and the people who supply napkins and the people who supply, you know, takeout containers. And, and so we're actually boosting the entire industry. And if you add in the factoring, it'd be about a, it, it turns the $7 million investment into about a, a $20 million multiplier. Um, so it, it, it really helps infuse the entire industry employees, not just in the restaurants, but all those who support the restaurants too, because they're struggling also. You know, it's, it's, we think of our restaurants because they're our friends, because they're the ones we go visit. But there are lots of people who also rely on supporting those restaurants and we want to see them get the help too. So it's a good way to, to, to move that upstream. Mm-hmm. So Maddie, you've been following these issues pretty closely. Are there any other things that, you, in addition to sort of the um, idea of all of, you know, all of the restaurants, whether they have in-dining, in-person dining or not, getting um, some part of the cash, but are there any other things you'd like to see the county take a look at? Um, oh, I, I was really, I'm curious still about, it seems like we've sort of gotten in different places, people have answered the third-party platform question differently. So I, I, it looks like the goal is to say, okay, you can't order delivery from like Uber Eats or DoorDash or whatever, but can you order takeout from those? And can you order takeout from the the platforms that are like, because most of the restaurants locally that have online ordering, it's through a third-party platform, even if it's just one that just does takeout. Like they're not really set up to have everybody ordering takeout, calling the restaurant to order it. That is an excellent question that I had that um, when I was double checking our website this morning, I, I saw um, what Evelyn quoted about it doesn't include these third party. And I have to go back and make sure uh, because um, when I had asked at a council meeting, they said, you know, we're not actually going to determine how they do their takeout sales. Mm-hmm. And so the response yeah, was, I, I, I got in person said, we don't really know if they're using Uber or handing it off to someone. We, we don't have a way of differentiating that. And I see that. And so I'm wondering if that was on the website from before. Um, so I'll actually, I actually had put a call into our department before this. Uh, and so uh, watch our website. That'll get updated. I, I think it will include, because again, we want to help all systems. And those delivery people are part of the system right now. Mm-hmm. And so them getting more sales from it doesn't, doesn't hurt my heart because it's their, their employees getting, getting work through this. So um, I, my sense is that it will. Uh, I was told that, uh, so we're recording this on Friday the 30th, that there'll be a website up later today that'll actually announce who all the participants are um, and then any restrictions, anything uh, like that. So there'll be some clarity on that uh, long before the program kicks off. That's good. Yeah, that makes sense to me because you're right. I mean, the, the that is going to be almost impossible to track if it's just a matter of the restaurants providing their receipts for their sales. I don't know how you could keep track of whether, um, you know, who was in charge of the delivery. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, and on as a like as a position, I would actually be okay with it just being takeout, but it does it does seem like difficult to enforce practically. But I think. If, if you're saying like what it sounded like, um, Betty Capistani, the economic development board person was saying at the meeting was that in order to get the discount, you had to call an order from the restaurant. And that seems like not the best way to do it to me. So, but again, still building that plane as it's flying. So I I think they're going to come back to it and go, okay, we really don't have a way, you know, uh, so uh, there'll be more clarity when, when it comes out, you know, it's, it, it's like that we post things and then we get feedback and, and we shift. And so, you know, I, the one thing I think that I think we ask of everyone is it, it's, it's 2020. We're in a pandemic, <laughs> have patience, have grace, you know, we're doing the best we can and, and we'll correct things as quickly as we can. Mm-hmm. And one that suggestion that I have Marty is I think, I think there are just a lot of people who are really very interested in both what the County is doing and, and also um, you know, any sort of federal assistance that might be available to help different groups. You might think about opening up or putting a suggestion page or something out on the county website saying, you know, if you have additional ideas for things that could, you know, perhaps be used um, for this CARES Act money, you know, please let us know. 
because uh, off the top of my head, I would say I know there's an, there's a couple of organizations in Tacoma that you know help with um, with uh, food, putting food on the table of people who are hungry and who are unable to you know deal with food insecurity on their own. So you know there's any number of food banks, the Nourish Pierce County, the uh, Emergency Food Network, and then the group uh, Food Is Free Tacoma. Mm-hmm. It does uh, you know tables all over. Uh, certainly in Tacoma, um, there's also food is free groups in, I think there's one in Puyallup. I know there's a couple in different parts of the county. So, I mean, there, there's probably a lot of groups out there who even $5,000 would be a godsend for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you get to the point where it's coming down to the end of the year and we want to you know, push the money out into the community. That, that's already on my short list. <laughs> uh, okay. uh, I was actually, when the pandemic first started, um, before CARES Act even was a thing I immediately turned and we took out of uh, another program and put uh, at that time, $300,000 out to the emergency food network to prepare um, that we ended up renewing that every month, $250,000 a month. Uh, So looking at community response and resilience, uh, we've, uh, we've done several million to our our food bank network Um, uh, emergency homeless sheltering 250,000 rental assistance 3 million um and since then we've added more i'm just reading through at the time mm-hmm. uh maintain homeless uh supports and shelter capacity veterans emergency assistance foreclosure program support senior center support uh uh Pierce County behavioral health support response 1.5 million uh child care support responses 2 million uh support for affordable housing providers the providers themselves uh 840,000 domestic violence, uh, domestic and family violence capacity, $200,000, affordable housing providers, mortgage assistance, another million. uh, And some of these just keep renewing and adding more special needs, transportation services for seniors, uh, employee related impacts, adaptive recreation. So how we can help with keeping the park safe. whole child summer camp, uh, first responder child care camps for all the first responders, a place for their kids uh, during the summer, more child care programs. Um, Farmers Market was one that I sponsored was to get because they were heavily impacted uh, getting stuff to them and then having to stretch out and then certain vendors just not being able to be there. So we got money directly into our Farmers Market because I want them to be back next year and they're helping our farmers, you know, and so more veterans assistance programs. So, and then like essential government services, helping the city of Tacoma with, you know, maintaining the Tacoma Dome and some of their big infrastructure that was that was hit hard so that they don't have to tap their own budget to, to, to shore that up so they can keep their budget focused on community response by, by shoring up some of their uh, services. And then our court system has used a whole lot because we had to totally reimagine how we're doing courts. Um, because you can't put 12 people in a jury box anymore. <laughs> How do you do that? You know, and so video arraignments, one thing they added into sheriff's cars is a, is a mobile fingerprint scanner. And they're putting them in many of the deputy sheriff's cars so that they're not taking them down to the jail to get them processed to, to check their fingerprints. They can just do it there on site. And uh, that way they're not bringing them into the jail setting, which we've hard to manage very closely because that's a very confined recirculated air facility. So just the restaurants are, are a tip of the iceberg. They're part that we all see, but just so much uh, going on across so many levels. And it's really been um, impressive the way Pierce County um, has really stepped up in many of these ways to keep essential services flowing so that um, hopefully we don't see the interruption from a user side more than we're seeing in our own personal lives. Sorry. Mm -hmm went off a bit there. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. And, um, and thank you because that is the work that makes all the difference in people's lives. You know, this is a, this is a, I won't say it's not unprecedented, but sure unprecedented in our lifetimes. Um, and yeah, a lot of it is stuff that you sort of have to work through and figure out as you go along. So I'm glad the County, I, I'm glad for everything that the County has been doing. Well, I think we'll wrap up, but um, Maddie, let me give you the last, any um, statements or questions that you have before we close out? 
Um, oh, I wanted to say thank you to Marty. I really appreciate your focus on accessibility for minority-owned restaurants and non-English speaking restaurant owners. And I noticed that in reviewing the council meetings was that that was something that you were pushing. And I that was something I was concerned about also. So I appreciated that. Um, other than that, uh, you guys should eat more takeout. It's awesome. <laughs> like we've been getting takeout a couple times a week for like yeah. four or five months at this point. And it's, I mean, it's, I live in the Sixth Ave neighborhood, so it's pretty easy for oh, me. Oh, so but yeah, it's no, it's awesome. It's like, uh, it's not as good as eating at restaurants, but it's so much better than like eating food that you cooked yourself every single day, all the time. So, everyone should eat more takeout. It's great. I, I think that's a, that's wise counsel. I, you know, I'll tell you, we haven't done as much, and that's because I like to cook, and I think I'm a much better cook now after cooking like you know every single day for months and months and months. And I don't know that. I mean, I shouldn't say this the restaurants because I love restaurants, but I don't think we're going to eat out the way we did in the past um, just because we sort of have been enjoying making more of our own food from scratch, but we'd definitely do more takeout. I, I too, Marty, am a, I, I am a far better cook now and have cooked much more. And I, so, but uh, no, absolutely support the restaurant, support this program, you know, support the people you love. Uh, that's what it comes down to. And that, that's what, you know, that's another theme of this pandemic is, you know, we're all in it together, but but take care of the people that you love. Make sure you're supporting those restaurants, venues, small businesses, retailers, um, whomever, because they, they need you now more than ever. And, and Maddie, this would be a great time for you to come over and check out some great restaurants we have in the East side. So, uh, uh, you know, expand out there a little bit, but uh, uh, nothing against Sixth Avenue. I, I give them a lot of love and support too. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, thank you so much for having us on and to talk about this. And hopefully this sheds the light on it. Again, you can go to uh, Pierce County, look up our economic development page. That'll have all the uh, restaurant rally. Um, also, Sue Kidd on her uh, uh, Dine in Pierce County webpage has been sharing a whole lot of information. If you want to know about restaurants in, in Tacoma, check out Sue Kidd's uh, website that she has and Facebook page. It's uh, a wealth of information regarding that. So a little plug there for yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Maddie Sanders and Marty Campbell. And if you have, uh, if you're listening to this program and you have questions or suggestions for future episodes, please get in touch with me. You can contact me by email, truetacoma at gmail.com or on Twitter at true underscore Tacoma. Thank you all. Did you know Channel 253 is member-supported? I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com slash membership and join. Thank you. Crossing Division is part of the Channel 253 Podcast Network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, We Art Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounder's B-Team, Citizen Tacoma, What Say You, and Gimme the Mic. This is Channel 253.